0: This is CliffCentral.com
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to The Opinion Booth with myself, Sonia Booth. Now, the month of June is dedicated to the youth of South Africa. The post I'm about to read is not only insightful, it is relevant. Dear graduates... The regalia will not do anything for you if you are not street smart. For the sake of experience, you will take on internships that will pay you three and a half thousand rand, while other interns get eight thousand stipend in the same field as yours. The privileged ones will move straight from varsity to permanent jobs at fifteen thousand rands with the same 0% work experience like you. You will finish that internship after a year and they will give you a permanent job offer where you will earn 10,000 rands. After one year, they will give you a 10% increase and your salary will sit at 11,000. In that 11,000, there's rent, transport money, food and black tax back at home. You will get another job and they will give you 16,000 rands if you have more than three years of experience. Three months into the new job, you will buy a car. You will wake up at 5 a.m. and get home after 7 p.m. every day. You will see nothing wrong with this because you are educated, exclamation marks. And that's how educated people do it. Your street smart friends who have flexible careers will visit you at work because if it's not yet 5 p.m., you are not allowed to leave. Even when there's no work. You will be focused on your career and you will not want to hear anything about starting a side hustle because you are educated, exclamation marks. Your excuses will be, I don't know how to sell or I don't have time. At that time, you are struggling financially. David orders are busy with your salary. You won't see a side hustle as a way out. You will see another job as a way out companies will take advantage of you overwork you and underpay you because you are not street smart to beat them at their own game you will work for horrible bosses who don't understand the importance of family time and you will always be forced to choose work over your loved ones you will win employee of the month and you will get stupid vouchers as a reward You will go back to school and study endlessly all in the name of I want a better life and chase promotions at work. You will get your 5 or 10 year certificate of service with an incentive that will only get you a weekend in Durban. You will buy your house in your 30s just after paying off your car and commit yourself to a 20 year debt. And you will not want a house in the township or a stutter pack house that you can actually afford to pay faster. You will go straight to the burbs because you are educated. Exclamation marks. You will feel the punch of rates and taxes and learn a new bad habit of buying grocery, petrol and data with a credit card. After paying off this one house for 20 years, you will be in your 50s. At 55, you will retire. First thing you will do with your retirement money is clear your debts. Then travel a little since you never had the money to travel in your working days. With the remainder of your retirement money, you will now want to start a business after spending 30 years in corporate. Street smart people will never spend 30 years in corporate, no matter how much they got paid. At 55, when that business fails, it's game over for you. If you are street smart and decide to start a business in your 20s or 30s, you will have time to fail as many times as possible until you get it right. At 55, you will get a heart attack if a business started with retirement money fails. Having the I'm educated attitude will leave you broke, struggling and in debt. Street smart people will make more money than you. And progress faster in life because they do not have the "I am educated" pride. They are open to selling stuff from the boot of their cars, and they are open to any job or business, no matter how undignified it may be viewed by society. They do not suffer from what will people say, Abantu bazotini. What's the point of having a dignified job title when your bank account is shameful and on overdrive? What's the point of being educated if you are going to achieve your goals with personal loans? Graduates, don't let your qualifications prison you. Be open to anything until you find your big break. In most cases, your big break is not even related to your qualification. Don't let your qualifications stereotype you into thinking that there's only one way out to make it in life. Regards, your big sister. Wow. <laughs> to Type. Yes. Welcome to the Opinion Booth. Thank
0: you so much for having me. Uh,
1: were you typing this w- on your phone or was it on your laptop? Because that it took was, me four minutes to read.
0: It was on my phone. What motivated that? So I wanted to write a different post because it was um, during the graduation season. Everybody was graduating during that time. So I wanted to write a post that is going to appeal to the people who've just graduated. And I wanted, as a I, I've moved, I, I passed that journey. You know? I wanted to tap and make them understand that, guys, yes, you've got your, your regalias and your certificates. Here they are. But the reality of the outside world looks like this. This is how it looks like. And you, you're going to need to make a choice from now on if this is the direction that you'll be taking or you'll, you'll try and figure something out that is not even related to that qualification and see if it will work or not. So that was the whole point of me writing
1: that post. It was shared more than 5,000 times. I know. <laughs> it generated over 7,000 reactions. Yep. And had an engagement of over 1,400 comments. Mm-hmm. Did you read all 1,400 comments? So for the first two days i did
0: and i responded but after two days i was like um you know it's getting out of hand it's too much and a lot of people were sharing the same sentiments these are the realities that people know these are the realities that older people have gone through and i got a lot of inboxes from people saying and this is my life and that was a because I knew this. I mean, HR, I know how these trends work, but when older people shared this to say, "And hey, I've just retired, and this is what I'm planning to do with my retirement money," and I, I, I never thought of starting a business when I was younger, and right now with my retirement money, that's the option that I'm having. So yeah, it was, it was, it, it, it relate. A lot of people related to the post. I mean.
1: Obviously. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 I told you when I sent you an, uh, an, an email. Yeah. That's that's what grabbed my attention to Lerato time Yes, yes. Because I mean, you know sometimes when you see such a long post and it was actually shared by one of your Facebook followers because we were not friends yes. at the time on Facebook. Yes. I had to go and request your friendship yes. after seeing this post because I'm like I I need to be friends with such people because mm. I'm all about surrounding myself with thinkers Mm -hmm. like you you know women who apply themselves you know women of substance Mm -hmm. that's what i'm about because that's how you grow right and that's how you improve as a human being because you learn from such people as you even though you're younger than me how old are you by the way
0: i'm 27
1: you're 27 (laughs) yeah okay so you've you've obviously lived many lives before this because i mean to post something like this it's it's (laughs) filled with wisdom yeah kudos to you thank you so i mean i read this and and I thought, okay The first paragraph, I thought, oh my word The first thing I thought, this is too long Yeah, I've, I've never seen a Facebook post too long I mean, you know, we're so used to Twitter nowadays It used to be 140 characters And yeah. then we made the mistake of pushing it to 280 <laughs> And then now people are writing essays yeah. But yours was a beautiful, profound essay mm-hmm. I mean, you were hooked after the first paragraph yeah, Because you wanted it to continue. spoke to me mm-hmm. Because I'm all about trying to... You, you, trying to push people to have conversations where we can discuss unemployment. We're going to yep. be, yep. you know, uh, talking about a whole lot of issues based on your post. Yeah. Okay. So it made me think of people who have this notion, people who say I am unemployed because I am overqualified. Mm-hmm. Are most people unemployed because the post is deemed too low a ranking and mm. doesn't reflect their level of education or experience is 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 that what we're talking about when when someone says i'm overqualified
0: so i'm going to answer it in two ways um the first way is if you st- decide to study um nonstop until your master's without getting any work experience it's going to be troublesome for you to get a work experience with a master's to start at the bottom now um obviously when you go for a job interview um a smart a street smart person would say i have a b um a bachelor's would not say anything about their masters degree oh. so that they can qualify for the job that is being applied That's how you need to do it, right? You don't talk about your master's degree. (laughs) You talk about the bachelor's that you have, get the job. Then along the way, when they're post within the the organization, then you can apply and say, hey, I actually do have a master's now that you have gotten your way into the company. So if you come in at the door with your master's and they see you with your master's, the expectation is you're going to want more money. And by the way, you are even sitting at 0% experience. So they're not going to open the door for you. Allow them to open the door for you so that you can prove yourself while you are in there and tell them about your wonderful master's degrees once you are inside. So that's the first way of looking (laughs) at it. Are you
1: you telling me that if I were to look for a job and I had a master's degree in whatever field Mm -hmm. and the opening, the only opening at that company of which I really, really want to get my foot through the door, Mm -hmm. that's the company that I see myself working in top management. Mm -hmm. But if the only position at that time is for a tea lady hmm. Are you trying to tell me now that if I've got a Master's degree I should not mention it when I Apply for the job because they're not, they won't give it to me Yeah.
0: How many tea ladies do we have Out here who have matric and who Some who've done some office admin Obviously they'll give preference to those people Because those are the people who are Closely linked and um, qualified, we can say qualified for the position, right? So, if I get a CV of a, of a somebody with a master's degree, obviously you are overqualified. I'm going to push you on the side. But why? I can make tea.
1: <laughs> I can make tea just but as much as the current tea lady it's, it's, is making. It's the expectation that comes with what you have. What if I'm I'm okay with starting at that salary because all I want is to get my foot through the door?
0: And by the way, um, a person with a master's degree will never stay long in position, especially a position of a tea lady. So if I recruit you and I want somebody who's going to stay in this position I already know that you and your masters you're not going to stay here you're not going to settle to being a tea lady for however long because you know you have your masters so we look at these things you know we look at these various things before we can come to the conclusion of who's getting the job
1: because I've I've never understood this whole thing that yep. you know um you don't employ somebody because, because they over overqualified. Qualified. because yeah. I mean if there's if, okay I know tea lady was a bit of, you know, <laughs> yeah it, it was, was a bit, bit extreme <laughs> it was extreme but I mean let's say a, an, an an assistant brand manager mm-hmm. of of a big brand yep. if I had a, a PhD and I wanted to apply for that job. Yep. As long as I'm willing Mm. to work for however little pay that is, forget about the fact that I've got a master's or a PhD. I'm coming there to apply for assistant brand manager. Mm. Give me a chance to prove myself. How else am I going to get work experience?
0: HR managers don't look at it like that. They look at it as, here's the spec. We are looking for a bachelor's degree. Here are ten CVs. Do these people have bachelor's degrees? I am giving you more
1: qualifications. <laughs> I know you. You only want a, 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 a BCom. I am I'm, I'm giving you a PhD. What's your problem? My problem is in the
0: long run, and and you may be okay with a starting salary because you were unemployed. You are coming into this job, but it's not realistic when we look at it as HR people that you're going to settle for a job that less. So I always advise people before you study endlessly, make sure that you collect your experience. You can study and work at the same time, but never make the mistake of studying until master's without having worked. So that one, um, it's just shooting yourself in the food.
1: That is a revelation because I've never, I mean, we know of people who make up things on their CV, right? I mean, (laughs) a lot of them in parliament, but yeah, I'm not about, I'm not about that today. But I was just saying that a lot of people make up their CVs to make themselves look more qualified. Here is an HR practitioner, somebody who's as highly qualified as you it's your field of expertise and you giving advice to whoever is listening that Mm -hmm. if you have a master's degree don't include it in your cv is that what you're saying yeah i'm
0: saying omit that's what i'm saying if the job that you're applying for doesn't require a master's omit the master's don't talk about the master's
1: phd Mm -mm. don't don't even think about it (laughs) that's pushing it Don't,
0: don't even go there don't even go there. Get yourself the job first. Then you'll grow within the firm and then you'll tell them later on that, yes, I do have a master's. And now that we have another opening, um, I'm I'm interested in applying for it. And that's where you work your way up.
1: You and I know how difficult it is to get a master's. Let's not even talk about a PhD because <laughs> a PhD yeah. is called a divorce degree for a reason. A master's <laughs> is also an MBA. is called a divorce yeah. degree for a reason. So you're trying to tell me that I'm going to go and study for my MBA for two years or however long it takes me and then now I must not include it in my CV?
0: Um that's, that's absurd. I'm just making people aware that these are the realities that we live within um the country. Um they they exist. You come with your masters and I'm looking for somebody with a degree. I know that you you have a degree and you also have a masters, but my preference will always be this one will come in and be expensive here. Will come in and so let's settle with people who are within the spec. And the spec says bachelor's.
1: Wow. Yeah. I am gobsmacked (laughs) Okay So now I'm sure you know About the youth Unemployment rate Yeah I mean it's sitting At 38.2% That is shocking It is That means One in every three Between the ages Of 18 and 34 Is unemployed Mm -hmm. One In every three Yep Okay So now As a qualified HR practitioner Mm -hmm. What are your Observations is it a case of an influx in certain fields and brain drain mm-hmm. in others? Meaning, are positions available and all that is lacking is the right skill and experience to secure that post? Or is it simply that there aren't enough posts?
0: So there are posts. I always say there are posts. Um, I have a lot of friends who we graduated together back in the days and they are still looking for employment, haven't even secured internships to begin with. You know, so there are posts, but it's a matter of, um, how do I put it? Positioning yourself, um, positioning yourself as a graduate. What makes you different from the 500,000 other graduates who graduated in the same field as yours? When I was doing my, um, uh, BTEC, I think in class we were around 100 and something. And our lecturer used to say to us that you have chosen one field that a lot of people run to. And as a result of that, you guys are going to struggle to find jobs because everybody is studying HR. And that was the reality at the time. Now, I was sitting in the lecture listening to that, and I asked myself, what is it that I need to do different in order for me not to be part of that statistic? Because it's clear, we are all here. We are all getting our qualifications. What's going to happen in the job market once we are all, um, once we've completed and we have graduated? So I had to think about ways of doing things differently in order for me to get employment. I've seen a lot of people with... um posts. Even on Facebook, they're standing on the streets with, I'm um, a graduate, this is what I've done, this is what I've done. That's them being strategic. You know, that's one way of being strategic. But during my time, um, I was fortunate enough to have, um, we had uh, graduate uh, programs that were helping graduates to find employment. And unfortunately, I don't think we have those enough. And I was telling my friend the other day that if we can have a show on national te- television that is helping graduates to find jobs live on TV, I think that will make the difference that we're looking for. Because it's not a matter of organizations not having jobs it's a matter of us knocking at those organizations to say hey i have two become graduates can you can you absorb them that's what needs to happen in order for us to save um to solve for the um, unemployment that we are facing especially with graduates you know i can understand for somebody who's gathered experience and is struggling to find a job it's easier a- a- after three four months they'll be okay but for a graduate it's difficult for somebody to trust you when you have never done the job yourself you know so So talking about
1: that TV concept, Mm -hmm. I think it's the honors is upon you. Yeah, to to propose. I've,
0: I've, I've. Yeah, I've, I've been sending emails. I've, I've done it. I've been, I've been. But I haven't gotten any solid responses from people, so we'll, we'll talk. We'll yeah. talk after the show <laughs> okay, because I'm cool. all about business opportunities. Yeah. I'm a hustler cool. like you, because yeah. that's what you consider yourself. Yeah, right? <laughs>
1: where, where, where I see a potential for money, I'm mm. I'm in it, yeah. right? Okay, so now I want us to look at some of the highest paying jobs in South Africa. Mm. You know, it's all very well that we you, you get people who say it's 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 not about the money, mm. but at the end of the day, mm. the fact is you've got. Bills to, to pay, pay. Then medical aid Which mm-hmm. is much needed is not going to pay itself mm-hmm. um, Clothes on your back uh, Food A roof over your head yeah. Right So now A chief financial officer In mm-hmm. a small or medium sized company Can take home an average Of 3 million a year But if hired By a multinational corporation mm-hmm. You could get as much as 6 million a year This is a take home mm. Wow you surprised Okay, finance directors mm-hmm. follow closely with an average income of 2.25 million at SMEs mm-hmm. and an average of 2.7 million at multinationals. Okay. There's a reason why I'm mentioning all mm-hmm. this. Tax directors and okay. chief audit officer <laughs> officers earn a similar average of close to 2.2 2 million. Salaries in the finance sector don't surprise me yeah, at all. I mean, we—I mean—the assumption mm-hmm. is that you work with money, yes. therefore you should be making money. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm expecting a person who works, who works at uh, the mint uh, company to be making good money. Yeah, I'm working yeah. with money, after yes. all. You know, it's 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 enticement <laughs> for for somebody to be working with money and figures, yeah. and for them not to be getting you know a fair share yeah. of whatever it is that they're yeah. counting or if they're printing money, you expect them to make good money. Yeah. that's the assumption. But now for me. Supply chain Logistics mm-hmm. And procurements When you look at that I was absolutely I'm, I'm not going to lie I was surprised When I looked at these figures At the survey yesterday That I had to read In order to prepare for the show Yeah So A vice president of procurement Brings home an average Of 2.1 million a year And 2.4 million For a vice president Of supply chain Okay And a supplying chain Or logistics director Can earn as much As 2.4 million annually with an average of 2 million. I see you shocked. Well, I <laughs> am. Okay. So now the finance sectors are the most rewarding, mm-hmm. but you are in the right field. And I'm glad you mentioned earlier that there's an influx of students who are wanting to study HR. Mm-hmm. But I think what I'm about to read, the figures I'm about to read, I think give me an an inclination of, as to why there's such an influx in that particular field but I'm you need to in, enlighten me on that because I'm very curious as to yep. why such a high number right mm-hmm. so now a chief hr officer takes home an average of 2.9 million are you surprised no that's mm-hmm. a lot of money I'm not <laughs> complaining if you were to give it to me obviously as a salary but how long does it take you to get to chief we're going to get to that yeah and then an hr director and a head of hr earn 1.8 million and 1.6 million respectively mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah, no, this is my field. I'm aware of the figures. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: You, you, you were saying, how long does it take for you to get there? Yeah. So enlighten that's us. The, that's what, the, what, what, that's what will that's it take for me to earn $2.9 million? To
0: be a um, chief HR officer. 15 years.
1: From graduation?
0: Yeah. 15 years consistently working. 15 years.
1: And studying as well to better yes, my. Yes, because qualifications. Um, they wouldn't
0: want somebody with a bachelor's at that level. They would want you to have a master's. Yeah.
1: That's another thing. Okay, so it's not only the amount of money that you're going to be paying f- yeah. towards your studies to eventually mm-hmm. qualify with your master's degree, but it's also time away from family, yeah. a, s- a social life that now doesn't exist, yeah. the sacrifices that you have to make. Definitely. So people seeing these figures, they should not just think that it's, it's, it's going to be easy, mm-mm. plain sailing, mm-hmm. um, I know I'm going to end up with 2.9 million.
0: everybody who is at the... Um, Chief HR manager position, or who's having a senior position, they started somewhere in their journey. If you can ask them more than ten years, all of them, to be in that role, and it also requires a lot of studying to get there.
1: Sure. Okay. So you were you were about to tell me about why most of you are going to study HR, or why a lot of students are going towards HR. Surely, yeah. surely there should be a limit at the varsity with the application forms to say, no, we we've got enough HR applicants.
0: Here's the funny story. Um, when I applied um, to study, I, my first option was not HR. Um, my first option was serial engineering. And then my second option was HR. So after I got my results, my metric results, I was short of two points, I think. So I I had to do a bridging course for six months. And I didn't believe in that bridging course because I felt that everything was fine apart from my mathematics. My science was good. All my marks were, I had so many distinctions, but my mathematics was around 60%. So they needed me to do a bridging course for six months. And I didn't want to do that bridging course because for me, that looked like failure. Like, how can I do a bridging course for six months? Then after six months, I'm going to start the course. So I was like, no, I'll move to my second option. So this is the reality that a lot of graduates, um, a lot of matriculants are facing. You go for your first option and then after your final results, the marks come out, and you like you're short of one point or two points. Then you need to do. And a lot of us don't have. Um, I couldn't do a bridging course for six months because that was not part of my uh, tuition. I had a specific amount for my tuition. That six months was not allo- allocated to that tuition, so I wasn't going to be able to afford six months to to do a bridging course first before I do the actual course. So I went for HR because of that. And a lot of and a lot of people are going for HR as a second option because the first option they didn't work out
1: so that's huh. so something needs to be done there yes because now you, you, you've already mentioned the fact that you did not want to do a bridging course because you were worried about people's opinions <laughs> Because what are people now going to say if you do if they see you doing a bridging course then it means they would have known that your marks were not high enough in one of the subjects for you to qualify for your yeah. first option is that what you were worried so, about
0: no for me it was not a, it, it was not a matter of what people are going to say it was a matter of I do not have the means not the time for me to do the six months bridging course see. you need to pay for the um for, for that um bridging course of first course. before you start the actual course yeah. so I was going to be behind with six months of tuition six months of my, my time so I was like no let's go straight to the course that's available and it was HR then I went and I finished in record time which is what I wanted because I knew I didn't have the luxury of you know fooling around varsity I'm here to get my qualification and move out so did it um, record time and I moved out that was it
1: okay so now we're going to look at the top ten lowest paying jobs mm. in South Africa.
0: Mm.
1: Any idea who earns the who earns the least?
0: Have some ideas. But let's hear the least.
1: No, I want you to tell me the least. The least paying.
0: Well, people in, who in, in South Africa. Wait, are we are we considering everybody who's gone to varsity or just generally? Just generally. Generally. Okay. Hmm. So we'll start for the. Uh, we'll start at the cleaners, obviously. Okay. The next rank will be the reception admin. So your your least, that's my least,
1: would be the cleaner.
0: And my perspective of this is coming from corporate. I'm looking at it from a corporate perspective. I have no other view of other sectors. I've I've been in corporate, so in corporate the least paid is the cleaner, followed by the reception slash office um office administrators. Then executive assistants, and then the ranks will go up as you go.
1: Okay, this is general, just looking at the entire mm. working okay. population. Yeah. So security guards are the least paid. Yep. At a starting salary of thousand eight hundred, the most getting two thousand. Security, with the emphasis being on security, hmm. right? Taxi drivers are second mm. least paid. At two thousand one hundred, at the most. I was surprised to see cosmetology and hairdressing. To mm. be earning two and a half thousand. I expected more. Mm. I don't know why. Tellers and cashiers, okay. six and a half thousand ticketing clocks, eight thousand two hundred telesales and telemarketing, 11,000 mm. switchboard and receptionist, 10,000 da- data capturers, 10,000 client and customer support, 11,000 travel agents, 13 <laughs> and a half thousand. I expected more on that. I don't know why. Okay, I'm personally not convinced by some of these mm-hmm. figures, you know, based on the survey, but I, I've, I've got no basis of, of arguing because yep. I'm not an expert, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, a taxi driver earning more than a security guard, I mean, as high risk as it is. I mean, okay, mind you, te- <laughs> driving a taxi is high risk. <laughs> are you, you're laughing. Are you, are you surprised
0: at some of these? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a different angle because I'm gonna say, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be against, um, some of these things because of the, the experience that I have. It depends on the company. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that, you know, taxi driver is a different story, but with security guards and all other people who, who fall within the, you know, the corporate. It depends on the company, really, and I always say that you know those companies that are paying people less, those are the ones that are exploiting people because you'll find that they're even making more profit. Um, why are they Why are they stingy when it comes to salaries? And that's where the exploitation comes from. I mean, I if if I had to be, if I was a security guard, <laughs> I, I honestly I honestly wouldn't uh, wouldn't want to take home how 2000. much is it two thousand rent? No, because it's going to end on transport anyway.
1: Exactly. And I mean moreover The survey insinuates that gardeners and domestic workers earn more than security guards Why would I want to put my life at risk (laughs) as a security guard And earn less than that I mean Yeah Okay So now the following job titles are looked down upon Mm -hmm. Yet they command some of the highest paychecks Compared to the so-called esteemed office jobs Okay Plumber 11,500 Carpenter, 12.7. Motor mechanic, Mm 14,000. Electrician, 19,000. Let this sink in. A carpenter, a plumber, an electrician, a motor mechanic, in their soiled overalls Mm -hmm. or jumpers earn better than you Mm -hmm. with your perfectly... Manicured nails, <laughs> well-tailored uniform, and your nicely air-conditioned office. Mm-hmm. The so-called magazine mm-hmm. earns more than you. Yeah. Because I mention this because there are a lot of students out there who are just flocking in varsities. A lot of students would rather sit on a waiting list at verts or University of Cape Town, mm-hmm. rather than go to an FET, FET. college to, to the learn the skills to become a plumber, mm-hmm. a carpenter, because the mm-hmm. fail and yet that fail pop is earning eighteen mm-hmm. and a half thousand rands a month. Yep. You sitting at your office job with an, a suit that you you've you've bought on lay by mm-hmm. on on a clothing account from. Whatever men's clothing uh, <laughs> shop, shop with your nice shoes and and your polished shoes and you go to your your nicely air-conditioned um, office and that ngoli, ngoli electrician is earning more than you. Can you take me through that mentality?
0: So um, I was about to say the same thing that the reason why we're having an influx in universities is because people think that there's only one way of making it in life and through a university. So they don't consider FET colleges as another option of them moving ahead in life and the nice thing about fet colleges is that you get your qualification in whatever and because it's it's, it's you, you know you work with your hands um part of the curriculum is on the job training so you move out of there already having the experience to do the job and a lot of them i know that um they are working with organizations to actually place I was at Rosebank College um a few a few months ago and they have a program where they help not the graduates finding themselves jobs but they help their graduates they place them for free it is part of um career services within um the campus that once you are done with your qualification we help you find jobs and they reach out to organizations then they assist in placing these graduates so if colleges FET colleges can do this why are universities falling behind And after all, universities have a lot of students. They are the ones who are, you know, um, contributing towards the unemployment more.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm. Okay. Another revelation. Can we move on to your other passion? (laughs) Yeah. So now you recently published your first book titled Happily Unmarried Daughters. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I love you. (laughs) So it was launched on Youth Day. Yeah. June 16th. Yeah. Was that deliberate? Deliberate, yes. Because I mean, is, is is the message directed particularly at that age bracket? Yeah. Tell me about um, the title and tell me what what was in what was going through your head when you decided to start drafting the manuscript.
0: Okay, cool. Um, I started drafting the manuscript back in twenty fifteen, uh, and the reason behind this was I. By the way, I consider myself a very happy person. I'm happy with my life, and I'm also single. So yes, and I've been single. <laughs>
1: So you you're not looking for suitors. Um,
0: if suitors come, we will we'll review. Oh, but okay. So I'm, you're open for review. I'm, I'm open. But uh, you
1: happily single.
0: Happily single. Happy okay. with my life. Okay. Yes. So the the title of the book, obviously, happily and married daughters. I wanted to talk to um. The, the unmarried daughters, because there's a lot of um, social pressures for us to get married, and um and I, I shared a post the other day that you know what I had to write this book because um nobody has ever written a book about us, the happily unmarried daughters. I had to do it for us. That was the main reason why I wrote this book. And in my book, um, the subheading says, "Choosing to be single and happy is wiser than marrying wrong for the wrong reasons," because a lot of people you'll find that all my friends are getting married, then um, it should be the next thing for me. And forgetting that our journeys as people are different. Maybe my journey means for me um, to push the career first before I become somebody's wife or mother. And how does position herself in a society where she is content with the position that she is in, where she doesn't feel like she's being left behind and also not bashing out on people who have chosen to get married and be happy because mm-hmm. it's a two way thing I can be happy in my journey but while I'm happy, it is also my responsibility not to bash out people who are happily married because that's the journey that they've chosen
1: Okay, so now that brings me to your upbringing mm-hmm. w- w- who, who brought, who, who molded Lerato? Because I'm, I'm getting a sense that you come from a very strong, um, what do you call it, uh, matriarchal, <laughs> uh, uh, uh Household.
0: Yeah, so I was raised by my grandmother because my mother had me when she was 19 and she had to go and work. So I was raised by my grandmother because she was working. Um, my mother and my father were never married, um, so they, they both had separate lives. Um, so I always say um, I had two mummies and two daddies. <laughs> That's how I grew up. And then I had my grandmother. So I had five parents in total. I
1: grew up with five parents. So that was me. Is that where the confidence comes in? Because I mean, you you must be a very confident, self assured, <laughs> independent woman to come up with such a book title. Because it's yeah. bold.
0: <laughs> it is bold. It is bold. Um, I, yeah, I, I grew up. So my grandmother was. Um, she instilled confidence in me from a very young age. Um, because you know, as a child growing up in households, I was I was raised by her. But I had a relationship with both my parents and their partners. So I could see life from my grandmother being a single parent to me right now. And then I, I could also see life with my parents on the, with their partners. So I had a perspective of two worlds of how single mothers do things and how people with partners do things. So I was raised from, um, from that pers-
1: I, I was raised, um, in that environment. Okay. I know you've got a. What do you call it? A session um, in a couple of days. Don't don't mention the name of the bank because okay. they, they, they don't pay us for for, for promoting <laughs> their yes. their brands. But I I I love what you are planning to do. The conversations mm. that you are going to be having yes. with uh, is it Kiketso? Yes, Osker Yes. So now. You are doing, you, you are having this dialogue with a financial institution mm. and that's going to be based around your book. What yeah. are some of the lessons that you want that female reader? Let's, let's, let's say this is an 18 year old who is mm. first year at university. What message do you want her to take away from your book? From my book Yeah
0: So my book first um, Before you can um, So I'm saying to people That um, I hope with this book I hope to inspire And I'm addressing The young girls um, That age group That I hope to inspire you With this book In whichever path That you have chosen And it doesn't matter How that path looks like It doesn't matter If that path looks like Happily married with three kids I love my husband. It doesn't matter if that path looks like working until 8 p.m. in the office and going home to have a glass of wine alone in your apartment. It doesn't matter. I just want people to be to be happy with the choices that they have made and not feel the pressure to succumb to what other people have chosen. Cuz so.
1: society puts a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah, it does. On us being married it at a does. particular
1: age. It
0: does. Yeah, it does.
1: So now you you, you, you your 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 book is obviously um Trying to encourage a girl not only to be independent but to be financially secure Financial and and, secure. and not to be in a vulnerable position where she's depending on mm-hmm. a partner yep. to take care of her, especially now in the time yes, that we yes. live in, right? With yeah. the sugar daddies, yes, blesses, and all yes. of that. So you, you 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 your message is to um, inspire a young girl to be self assured. Mm-hmm. Yep. And not wait for validation from Mm -hmm. anybody. Yes.
0: There's a chapter in my book where I'm saying that do not look for things that you should be giving yourself. Validation, self-worth and completedness. Before you can walk into a relationship with anybody, you need to be secured in these three things. Validate yourself, be self-assured and be complete on your own before you look for a relationship. Because the thing is, if you haven't figured yourself out and you're not self-assured um, and validated and complete on your own, um, a partner is going to come along. And the relationship, the marriage, the kids are going to define the context of how you look at your life. And sometimes you may not find your purpose because now you're looking at this husband and these kids and then you're looking at your life thinking that, you know, cooking for my mm-hmm. husband and taking care of my kids is part of my purpose. You might never find it. And you'll realise later when the kids have moved out and you know that actually what have I been doing in these past twenty years? I've been raising kids and then that's it. So I don't want people to lose themselves. Find yourself before you find your partner. And even in and when you found yourself, even in marriage, you'll never lose yourself because you you know, you know this is this is Sonia, this is me, this is how I do things. Even when I'm married, this is still Sonia.
1: You mentioned a very good point there and it's something that I I, I want us to to touch on. You mentioned that you should not look for something that you cannot give yourself. Often you hear conversations of young girls saying, I want a guy who drives a car, Mm -hmm. but yet themselves don't don't own a car.
0: Covered it all. Not even
1: have a driver's license to begin with, right? (laughs) Or you you, you hear young girls who say they want a guy who's going to buy them Copious amounts of mm. champagne, yep. but they wouldn't they don't have the money to Too buy that champagne, let alone a cool drink. Yeah.
0: That is the reality. And the question is, is that guy looking for a girl like that? That's another one. Because in most cases these guys are very aware that okay, this is the kind of woman that she is. I'll buy her the booze, she wants the booze. But don't expect a husband out of that man because he already knows the kind of woman that should be in his life if he's already at that level. I'm just saying. Mm. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. So where can people get the book?
0: Um, at the moment, the book is only available from me. Uh, I'll give you an email address where they can place others. Um, I'm still trying to push it to get somewhere, but for now, it's available for me.
1: And you know what I love about you is that you you, you you are not ashamed to write on your post that you sell from the boot yeah, of your car. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I love that yeah, because, I, I mean, that shows, what, you know, a true hustler. Mm-hmm. That you are. Because yeah. I mean, I remember your Facebook post was something along the lines that up until such a time, time. that I get my book into bookstores, yes. I'll be selling from the boot mm-hmm. of my car. Yep.
0: And, and there's I'll, nothing wrong with that. I drive, I deliver the books myself. So that's how I've been doing it since March.
1: Kudos to you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So as a motivational speaker, what advice do you have to Happily, well, unhappily married. What's the opposite? What's the, what? opposite? What's the opposite of your book? Because your book is happily, happily unmarried daughters. Yeah, happily married ones. Happily married daughters. That that <laughs> it's, it's okay as long as they found their purpose and as long as they don't lose, lose themselves. themselves exactly in marriage. And then to an eighteen-year-old.
0: To an eighteen-year-old. Find yourself. Travel the world. Do the things that make you happy. Sometimes we think that a relationship will make us happy before we figure out what makes us happy. I, 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 am I'm, I'm blessed that I'm traveling the world at this age and I'm seeing things and I can see, I see, I see life and I see the world in a different perspective because I've given myself time to find me first. And whoever is going to walk into my life will walk into my life knowing Lerato first. I know myself and nothing is going to miss who I've discovered.
1: You are a breath of fresh air. Thank you, it's,
0: Sonia. It's, it's,
1: it's, it's a pity. I don't I don't have a, a young uncle to, to, <laughs> to marry you, but you, you, you are somebody I would want around me because, uh. I mean, at your age, at the age of 27, I don't even remember what I was doing at the age of 27, but I don't think I had my life in perspective the mm. way you do. Yep. Kudos once again.
0: Thank you, Sonia.
1: I am so happy Thank for you, and yeah. I'm glad you... Honoured the invite to come on the Thank opinion you for inviting booth. me. Thank you very much. Cool. Right, yeah. Tabi. Yes. You wanna do you wanna tell people what Tabi means? Hiccups. It's a hiccups, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: thought that was interesting.
1: Tabi means hiccups. <laughs> <It> does. <laughs> My humble opinion in the words of this gorgeous woman sitting right opposite me. I hope you stop expecting to be rescued and learn that you actually do not need to be saved from your own life Mm -hmm. I hope you cherish parts in you that are not so lovable as you learn that you need to give yourself the kind of love you aspire I hope you will walk with clarity in your life knowing what you want, how you want it and when you want it with this book i hope to inspire many of you in the paths that you have chosen however different they might look mm-hmm. and i hope you will pick paths that will leave you happy married on, or unmarried yep. aspire to inspire before you expire
0: this is cliffcentral.com